It was the best of times. It was the blessed of times. <laughs> Is this the introvert-extrovert divide? <laughs> ho, ho, ho. To my ho, ho, homies. He sews the tips of his fingers into the Santa Claus suit initially. It's just upsetting. Welcome to Cursed or Blessed, the Christmas episode. The emergency Christmas episode. The emergency Christmas episode. <laughs> wee wee It's a podcast police. <laughs> Something happened, folks. Um, if you remember, we asked for people to vote for a movie for us to review on Instagram. We gave you two options, Spy Kids or Sky High. And you voted for Spy Kids. And I was initially really excited about that. And I was initially dreading it because I remember hating it as a child. So we thought this would be our first disagreement on a film. We watched the film. (laughs) (laughs) And it's neither as blessed as I remember it, nor as cursed as you remember it. And I didn't want to... It's not blessed. For me, it's just kind of meh. Yeah, it's just, it's fairly nondescript. There's no elements to it that I would have considered cursed. No. And yet it wasn't good enough to be fully blessed. It just was a waste of our time and energy. I was writing notes and everything. So we had a chat afterwards and we were like, let's just watch a Christmas film. Which is why we're giving to you today How the Grinch Stole Christmas. From the early 2000s. The Jim Carrey version. The Jim Carrey one. And I know, I know what you're saying. You're thinking, we've just had Cat in the Hat. We've just done a Dr. Zeus one. Well, shut up. (laughs) This is an emergency episode. What are we meant to do? There's so few Christmas movies out there. Yeah, what were we supposed to review? I have my notes still from Spy Kids. Uh, Why don't you read off your Spy Kids notes? Without any context and then I'm going to do a ceremonial ripping up of the notes and then I'll never think about Spy Kids again. <clears throat> Here are some quotes. At the snap of my fingers, my fingers will snap you. Floop is a madman, help us, save us. <laughs> Send in the thumbs. Send in our best thumbs. I assure you it's Mr. Minion now. And then I've just written some notes. Product placement, McDonald's, Converse. Sexy thumb nurse. Floop bad. Do you have any more just out of context comments there, Shannon? I have nothing to... Um, uh, electroshock bubblegum. Electroshock bubblegum. That's all I got. And now the ceremonial ripping of the notes. And now I'll throw them in the fire. Wow. It's so nice to have an open fire in our flat. That sounds like a garburator. <laughs> so is this the Grinch episode? Merry Christmas, everyone. Ho, ho, ho. To my ho, ho, homies. Wow. <laughs> We're in a Christmassy ass mood. We just got back from the Edinburgh Christmas market. This is the giantest Christmas market you will ever see with your own two eyes. And it's, it's, it gives the impression of being charming. And it's kind of like a, a commercialised mess. It is. But there's good food and wine. And friendship. And that's, isn't that all that matters? That's all that matters. And there were some cursed carnival rides. Exactly. 
So, very much in keeping with the vibe of The Grinch. Yeah, exactly. Would you like me to go over the quick plot of The Grinch? Do it. So, I'm just going to go over the plot of the picture book the movie's based on, because all the stuff the movie added, we're going to talk about separately. Well, the Who's down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch who lived just north of Whoville did not. (laughs) The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Okay, I'm going to stop now. Um, (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, we might have gotten, like done for copyright yeah we might have i used to work in a a children's library and doing storytelling for kids so i have a lot of dr c's books just in my brain and this is one of them that i can do from beginning to end um just without looking anyway grinch doesn't like that the who's make a lot of noise on christmas because they seem to all receive musical instruments for christmas uh, so he decides that after santa claus comes he's going to go down into whoville and steal all their stuff Uh, and he goes to steal all their stuff, uh, but his heart is changed at the last moment, and he gives everything back, and his his poor shriveled heart grows three sizes, and he ends up carving the roast beast for a Christmas dinner at the end. It's a very simple story. Wow, Shannon, that's such a simple story. It seemed like it would only take 30 minutes to, to do, to cover that ground. Yeah, just like the animated film that came out when I was a child. Yes. Which is great, by the way. <laughs> Highly recommend that fully blessed animated film. <laughs> <laughs> there is, of course, some backstory. They have some backstory in The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Yes. Tell us the backstory, at least. Well... In order to sympathise with the Grinch and how much he just freaking hates the Yuletide, yeah, we need to know about his childhood. So all who babies, <laughs> they they come to, into this earth uh, on little baskets. They're carried in the wind, little parasol baskets, and they turn up at people's doors. And then that's it. That's their baby. Terrifying. Yeah. At least that's what they tell Cindy Lou. That is. So it's... Because we know that the Who's... Yeah, we get confirmation of that immediately. Immediately. When one of the babies turns up at the door of someone's house, a guy comes out and says, Honey, we have a baby. He looks exactly like your boss. Like, (laughs) okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And then immediately after that, we see the the Grinch in his little sort of dilapidated parasol basket blow into Whoville on an ill wind um, (laughs) and get caught in a tree outside of a big house party. Yes, the party. What did you learn about the party, Shannon? Well, I learned um, that... This is not something I remember from my childhood watching it, but... <laughs> I'm glad you didn't go to one of these. <laughs> no, I don't remember from my childhood watching this movie that this was a feature of the party. You see a shot of all the people coming into the party throwing their keys into a fishbowl, uh, which indicates that it's a, a swingers party or just like a key party. Yeah, so when... We saw this happening on screen. I made some kind of a noise, like, whoa, or something like that. And Shannon was like, shrug emoji. And then then we we had to pause it so I could talk about swingers parties. If you don't know what these are, they're parties where everyone puts their keys in a fishbowl, and then which, which keys you pick up when you're leaving the party determines who you're gonna bump. And this is the context for which we get the Grinch's backstory. Yeah. This is the Grinch's first experience of the Who's on Christmas, is yes. like looking in the window at a swingers party. Well, either that literally, or not so literally, he's the result of some swing party sex. Yeah. And this is a metaphor. Yeah. So yeah, Grinch is picked up by these two lovely ladies, 
and they raise him and he's, you know, a little green baby. He's mostly sweet, but he shows signs of disliking Christmas. He is given a, a plate with Santa Claus on with some food on it, like how plates usually work. But he doesn't take the food, he eats the Santa Claus head, and they're like, whoa, kind of grinchy. Which is interesting because earlier in the movie, but later in the Grinch's life, we see him, like, eating a glass bottle, which is horrific. I hate watching that. Yeah. But it does indicate that he just doesn't eat poo food. It's very sustainable. He just seems... But it's not good to watch. It's not good to watch, but, like, the whole biting off the Santa Claus head thing... They act like, oh my god, he really hates Christmas, but it, potentially he just eats glass. <laughs> <laughs> so it all seems to be going well in his life. He's attending school, but uh, a tragic incident happens. They have like a secret Santa at the school, and he is to get a gift for his school crush, Martha May, mm-hmm. who is the prettiest girl in class, but she's also coveted by... Uh, the guy who eventually becomes the mayor. Yeah, the mayor of town. I don't know what his name is. Me neither. Um, and he's a jerk, and um, he mocks the Grinch for having a beard. So the Grinch goes home, and he makes a beautiful angel by soldiering a bunch of parts of other items in the house together for Martha May. And then he also decides to act on the mayor's words and shave his beard. He comes into school the next day, and he's trying to hide from the teachers and the other school kids, and he's encouraged to take a bag off his head. He's hiding from them, and it's because he's scratched up his face by shaving it. He's got little bits of paper, tissue paper, like, around the scabs mm-hmm. on his face. And everyone mocks him, the teachers, the other kids. And then he flips out, and he's, like, throwing tables over. He runs away from town up to Mount Crumpet, where he lives up to the present day. That's the Grinch's backstory, which is not in the Dr. Seuss book, but is very integral to the, the... character development in this movie. Oh, this I might think. be a good point of comparison because another film we've watched has super added backstory. <laughs> um, and that was the Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I thought you were talking about Cat in the Hat, but yeah, you're right. Mm hmm. Yes, Tim Burton's Murder Factory. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tim Burton's Evil Chocolate Man um, <laughs> also has some added backstory. And I think while we were watching The Grinch, you said, I don't find this as obnoxious as the weird dentist thing in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. Do you still think that? Do you stand by that? Yeah. I think I'd agree with you. I don't think it's necessary, but I find it... There were elements of the Grinch's backstory that I thought were quite charming. Mm-hmm. He's raised by two mums. Yeah. That's nice. That was nice. And I feel bad for him. He's a cute little green fluffy baby. Yeah. And sets the mare up to be more of a jerk. Yeah. Now the bit that's introduced in this backstory that I do think is superfluous and actively is cursed is the romance plot. Yeah. It's bad. Um, I think because, okay, for a few reasons, but in this, in the backstory part in particular, because it frames the reason that the Grinch doesn't like the Who's, not as the, you know, he looked different so they ostracized him, which is what's happening, but it, it kind of muddies the waters of that story and makes it a little like, the girl didn't like me and therefore I'm mean now. Um... 
Well, I don't think he's angry at the girl. He's angry at, like, all of his peers for mocking him. He but is. Cool. He's, he's not, not angry at her, but he's yeah. angry at the mayor because the mayor got her. And, like, I think it just And also because of... the mayor is mean. Because the mayor is mean. Yeah. I think it just muddies the waters of that story. Like, it, it yeah, kind of messes with it. And I, I think takes some of... Because part of it is good to add... Because obviously you're going to have to add something. Mm-hmm to a picture book you're making into a feature film. Um, so I didn't think it was so bad to be like, yeah, why does why does the Grinch live alone on a mountain? Well, the Who's were, were very mean to him because he doesn't look like the rest of them. Yeah. Because he's a little bit weird. Uh, but I'm, I'm not sure that the romance plot was ever fully integrated into what was going on there. No. And it is a little weird, like, later in the movie... Martha May grows up to be, like, <laughs> she's, like, the sexiest woman in town. She, she's nice. I, you know what? I like that they've made her nice, because mm-hmm. they could have made her, like, shallow and vapid and, like, a bimbo, but she's, she's nice. She's nice, yeah. Yeah. Her character baffles me. <laughs> uh, they use, okay, I could be wrong, because I'm not an expert, but from what i could tell every time she's filmed as an adult they use soft lighting giving her this sort of like fuzzy looking outline which is a technique they used to use for women in you can see it a lot in 60s star trek anytime a woman is talking she's suddenly quite fuzzy and looks like she's got a bit of a light halo around her head yeah. it's it's really weird i find it quite jarring <laughs> and they did it for martha may in this entire movie Unless I just can't see anymore. And it's my eyes failing me. No, you do have an eye for the technical, though, so I think you're right there. I didn't notice because I'm an idiot. So. (laughs) I don't know these techniques. I do have in my notes on this, on the topic of you pointing things out, a quote from Shannon about halfway through, Mm. who was getting annoyed at the narration, and it prompted her to say quite angrily, I know this is incredibly petty, but how goddamn hard is it to write in the correct meter? <laughs> you said that with your own mouth, with your own two lips. Okay, you know what? I stand by that. Anthony Hopkins narrates this movie. Oscar award-winning Anthony Hopkins, Hannibal Lecter, um, <laughs> narrates this movie, which is only appropriate. Most of his narration is just the book. I think he says almost the entire book by the time the movie's over. Sometimes his lines are given to the Grinch. But yes. yes, it's merged. It's merged. But sometimes when he's narrating stuff that doesn't happen in the book, or if stuff has changed slightly, they add new lines. Yeah. In the wrong meter. Like, Dr. Seuss writes in such a specific way. It's not that hard to replicate. And, like, at least half the time, the lines they made up aren't in the right meter. And just, that's just sloppy, you know? <laughs> For this weird 2000s era. But you know what? Shannon, life isn't perfect. Life definitely wasn't perfect in the early 2000s, and it isn't now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, So, so the backstory, I think, comes to another peak during the Cheermeister scene. So to explain this, uh, which is not in the book, is it the Cheermeister scene? No, not at all. So Cindy Lou Who, who is a little girl who is disillusioned by commercialism and wants to find the true meaning of Christmas and be inclusive and get the Grinch back into the fold of the town. She has gone up to visit the Grinch with the knowledge that Martha May is still in town and might want to see the Grinch and convinces him to come 
and be the cheermeister. So Cindy Lou has convinced everyone to accept the Grinch back. The cheermeister is like a ceremonial role. Like on Christmas Eve, there's a bunch of challenges the cheermeister will do. They're like the, the Christmas spirit of the town who needs a pat on the back. And they judge a lot of like food contests and stuff. Hence begins the strangest sequence yeah. in the entire movie. And it goes for ages. And it starts with the Grinch trying to like choose an outfit too. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I love this scene. This is my favorite scene in the movie <laughs> when the Grinch... Not the outfit bit specifically, but this whole lead up to like after Cindy Lou tells him to come because he's been voted the cheermeister and she leaves and then he's trying to decide if he's going to go or not. And his monologue is just the exact soundtrack inside my head anytime I have to go outside of the house. (laughs) (laughs) Like it, it just starts with him being like, Four o'clock, stare into the abyss. Five o'clock, dinner with myself. Can't cancel that. (laughs) And then he goes and tries on a bunch of outfits, and none of them are working. And he's, like, in front of the mirror. And and he ultimately chooses lederhosen, (laughs) which I love. (laughs) I love the bit where he's, like, showing off the lederhosen in the mirror, and then he goes, that's it, I'm not going. (laughs) Like, I think you looked at me and were like, this is you every time. (laughs) Every time I have some sort of event, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he goes to the event. He does. Like, in Lederhosen. In Lederhosen. And that he's stolen off of a yodeler. Yes. <laughs> and he seems to have, like, after a bit of, like, overstimulation, he seems to be having an alright time. People accept him, like, instantly. Yeah. They're like, Grinch, eat this fudge. Grinch, eat this pasta. And I was thinking, I was saying to Shannon, I'd love to be the shitmeister. I would freaking love to be the cheermeister. And I said... You're at the centre of a massive party. Yeah, I said I'd already be dead inside. And, like, the more upset the Grinch looks, the more I relate to him in that scene. (laughs) (laughs) And I think you were like, is this the introvert-extrovert divide? (laughs) I think it might be. (laughs) But, like, a a series of strange stuff happens here. So he is... um, on stage about to receive the prize for being the cheermeister and he's kind of happy and he's been accepted into town. Cindy Lou's happy because her scheme has paid off. Freaking Mayor gives him a, a razor, an electric razor because of the beer joke from back in the back in the day. And he is embarrassed and then the mayor proposes to Martha May and she is like kind of like a dick or in the head like she wants to say no but she's like I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And then the Grinch gets some mistletoe and waves it over his own ass and <laughs> and gets the mare to kiss it, right? And, he, and then he, shaves some of the mare's hair, hair off. And he shaves a strip right down the center of his head. Sets a Christmas tree on fire. Yeah. Throws things over and then drives a toy car into people's businesses. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very odd... <laughs> episode the entire sequence is like a fever dream yeah (laughs) (laughs) and martha may faints yes and cindy lee's like oh no and then the mayor's like this is why you should never trust little girls (laughs) (laughs) but we're not done with the mayor we're not done with the mayor because when the grinch comes back and is stealing christmas a really bizarre incident happens between the Grinch, his dog Max, the long-suffering dog Max, mm-hmm. and the mayor. And I'm not entirely sure what happens here, but it sent me into, like, some kind of 
I was reeling. Yeah. But I don't know if it was positive or negative reeling. I think negative it must have been. I think it was negative. You were pretty rattled. So he goes into the mayor's room. The mayor is sleeping. The mayor is... This is when the Grinch is stealing all the stuff. The mayor is fantasizing about Martha May, like, calling out her name, that kind of thing, doing kind of kissing gestures with his lips. And And it's already upsetting at that point. Yeah. The Grinch picks up the dog. He brings the dog's mouth towards the mayor's mouth. No. He brings the dog's butt toward the mayor's mouth. It's not the dog's head? No, it's not the dog's head. Well, that's even worse, I think. He brings the dog's body to close to the mayor's head, and then there's a sound effect. A boing, <laughs> boing. You know the sound effect I'm talking about. And mayor jolts. The Grinch looks shocked, and the next thing we see is Max rubbing his butt along the floor as though he has worms. Um, it's, boner. It's just. There was a lot of stuff happening in that scene to the point where I kind of think filming, they were like, we're going to make some sort of joke that's also a sexual innuendo. And then somewhere along the line, they got their wires crossed as to what joke they were making. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That was the most Cat in the Hat this movie got. That scene right there, it felt straight out of Cat in the Hat. This seems like a good point to segue on to talk about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So if you are a loyal listener and actually care about us and listen to every episode, like Niall Horan from One Direction, the joke you'd get if you listen to the Grease episode, you should listen to all of them. We're great. Yeah. (laughs) We, so we watched The Cat in the Hat two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And this was from like an early 2000s era where both of these movies came out like two years apart yeah this was either 2000 or 2001 and cat in the hat was 2003 yeah so grinch first then cat in the hat and then immediately after that the wife of dr seuss banned any more live action dr seuss movies being made yeah because the cat in the hat was horrific yeah to the next degree yeah there's similarities in the vibe yeah there's like pop culture jokes very charismatic character as in the Grinch and the cats yeah and like character actors playing them but the main difference and we talked about this a lot in the cat in the hat episode is that the main question you ask when you watch cat in the hat is who is this movie for yeah um this isn't for kids the kids aren't getting most of the jokes that are being made no and the adults aren't enjoying them whereas I think The Grinch is very clearly for kids. Like, it does know who its audience is. Yeah. And the most, the moments it gets most like the cat in the hat, where you're like, who is this joke meant to be for, is like that scene with Max in the mirror, where you're like, what is, Yeah. what? Um, Yeah. (laughs) What's the point of this? And some of the, it's like the swingers thing. You're not going to pick up on that, Mm -hmm. unless you know what swingers are, and children hopefully do not. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind that because it's not like in your, it's like a a tiny little snapshot of a fishbowl with a bunch of keys. Mm -hmm. The, yeah, the, the dog thing. At one point the Grinch is like, he doesn't do it deliberately, but he's he's sort of like crash landing into something and in, to break his fall is Martha May. Oh yeah, I forgot And he kind of crashes into her boobs. That like so overdone trope of like falling face first into a woman's chest. (laughs) Yeah. And it's always awful. Mm, Yeah. 
It was like, we were both like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, like, this this film definitely has those tendencies to it, that the cat in the hat was then like, oh, those parts? We'll just make that our whole movie. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't think they work in The Grinch. Like, if those scenes were taken out completely, the movie would be better for it. Yes. Yeah, it's already, like, a longish movie. It's, like, an hour 45, so it could be... You could just... Just remove the... Just... Just remove the dirty jokes, guys. Yeah. Just. <laughs> Where are you, Christmas? Where can I find you? Because I think the movie has a. What it does well is it has a lot of jokes that aren't wholesome, but also aren't like adult sexual humor. No. Like a lot of the Grinch's jokes are kind of mean or snide or whatever but they still work for children yeah and there's like one sort of like i guess a joke about puberty what's that one you'll remember it when i say it so like if you watch the movie you'll know that the, the who's are humans but they've got like mouse noses their noses are kind of like pointy and forward and they've got sort of like mouse jowls mm-hmm. you know that's mm-hmm. i feel like they look more like mice than in any other animal but yeah. otherwise they're completely human They've got no fur, it's just like, that's what they look like. And um, Cindy Lou, who's the only child character really in this movie, her nose is normal, human. Mm-hmm. And then when the mayor is ridiculing her towards the end, he says, and she hasn't even grown into her nose yet. And this is, I mean, we were discussing earlier in the movie, like, if their faces are like this, what else might be different? Mm-hmm. And I think this, like, the face thing is kind of a puberty thing, right? Yeah. The nose thing. Yeah. That's really strange. It's really strange. It's like an strange. artistic decision they made. Yeah. To make them look like that anyway. Mm-hmm. Like the the characters in the book. And then to make it like a puberty thing. Yeah. Like, did they just not want Cindy Lou to look like a mouse? Did, maybe, my only thought was as to why she didn't have that nose was that it might have been hard for the child actor to wear the prosthetic that she would have had to. Yeah, because she does have a lot of screen time. Yeah. And they, it looks uncomfortable. And she already <laughs> has her hair in, like, the most poodly, strange, bagel-looking contortion. Which would have taken hours. Yeah. So, like, imagine a child in makeup for, like, four to six hours before set every day. Like, it could have just been a logistical thing. Yeah. And then they threw in that line to explain why she looks different. Yes. Or it was an artistic decision for her to look different than everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because she is the only child actor in the movie that we see. Yeah. Which maybe is weird. Grow, She's the only who child. Maybe when you grow your nose, you also become a capitalist. I'm serious. It's true. It's true. Because the, um, so we should talk about this bit that the, the movie has added, I think. Yeah. To, to its credit, a major plot of the movie, one of the thing that's the issue with the Who's, in the, the story, you get the sense that it's that they make a lot of noise and that annoys the Grinch, but in the movie, it's very clearly they're, like, consumerist, overly commercialized, and yeah. all the... All of their trash goes up to Mount Crumpet, which is where the Grinch lives. Which is great for him because he gets to eat it. Yeah, he eats 
glass and rotten banana peels and that sort of thing, yep. which is, again, upsetting to watch. They don't have a recycling plant in Whoville. No. It would be difficult. It's a very alpine town. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how they might have, how they get that much stuff shipped in anyway. Like bananas. They're very, very high up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's sort of the central conflict between the Grinch and the Who's, because he, like, he sees them, he finds them annoying, he finds them wasteful, he finds them vapid and materialistic. And Cindy... I think, is intrigued by the Grinch because she thinks that too. Yes. She's not into the all the presents and the chaos and all that sort of thing. Exactly. Her dad's really into like Christmas shopping and her mum's really into decorating the house and is in some sort of house decoration competition with Martha May. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why we're laughing. Because the first scene, <laughs> the first time we see Martha in the movie... Is Cindy's mom is on the roof of their house stringing Christmas lights and has, like, taken the bulb out of the refrigerator. Like, she just wants all the lights in the house on the outside. Yeah. And Martha May comes out in this, like, the sort of Santa Claus outfit that the girls in Mean Girls wear. Oh, yeah, she's about to do the Jingle Bell Rock. She's about to do the Jingle Bell Rock. <laughs> and then goes... Betty, hi! And it's the funniest delivery of any line. And then, like, bends over like a pinup model, and then, like, fires this giant light Light gun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And at the house. (laughs) (laughs) What an icon. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's a very, very funny scene. And I, I don't know what's funny about it, other than it's just bizarre. Yeah, Shannon and I had, like, an equally, like bizarre moment when we were watching uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory too. Like, a very specific moment in the mo- in both these movies where a character, a bit part character really, has said something and we're like, we both remember this very, very distinctly from our childhoods, but why? And it's, in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory it's Violet Beauregard's mom saying I've won a lot of trophy myself mostly baton. baton. <laughs> um, both of the this and Betty, hi. I have vivid <laughs> memories of both saying and hearing other people say. <laughs> like friends, a couple of my cousins, listeners of the show. <laughs> hi. Like, hi in, Shannon's cousins. Ingrained this in my brain. <laughs> these like random lines that are for some reason hilarious yeah so cindy lou is not about that life no (laughs) she's not she she's she's a communist no she's not a communist she's she she should be that would be a good stance yeah to take um and this is again where i do think with the Grinch's plotline, this sort of, like, anti-consumerist whatever, is a little bit muddied by the romance arc. Because then it becomes unclear what he's actually mad about. Yeah. Is he mad because whatever happened meant he didn't get the girl? Like, again, he's not mad at her, but Mm. he is kind of mad about that whole thing. Or is it just, like, a... You're all vapid and materialistic, and I find... Like, it it ends up being a little blurry. Maybe he's mad about two things. I'm mad about the UK general election, and I'm also mad, but not equally so, that I was charged too much for the mulled wines at the market, because I added rum and cherries and didn't say it would be £2.50 extra each. Yes, they didn't say that. But more than that, I'm angry about Boris Johnson. (laughs) 
But you'd have to pick one if it was a movie, The Elite Who Stole Christmas. I'd have to be angry about one of those things. Yeah, yeah. You can only be angry at one thing. Yeah. It's time. easier for me to take on the mulled wine stand. <laughs> but not as satisfying. I think the galling thing about the mulled wine stand is that we got touristed and we live here. In our own city. In our own home. They fooled us. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Christmas because of that. This has turned me off Christmas completely. This is a mulled wine. This I'm, is your Grinch backstory. I'm going to live up on Arthur's seat. I'm going to go into a little cave. <laughs> yeah. And eat everyone's trash. <laughs> Chomping away on bottles of... Unbroken glass. <laughs> bottles of bud. Oh my god. Um, so, uh, yeah, Cindy Lou, I remember as a child being like, well, I think I was a little annoyed by her because she was like, in sing song. But I quite liked her in this now. Yeah, because she's... I think she's boring. She but is. she's like, fine. Yeah, she's a... She has a firm sort of character. Like, you know what it is she wants, what she's interested in. She's like Charlie from the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Like, you need her to be there. Yeah. Not the most interesting of characters, but a solid character. Yeah. I found her annoying as a child because I didn't like the song Where Are You Christmas, and I still don't like it. Here's a fun shout out to my friend Cassandra, who I hope listens to this. (laughs) I lived with my friend Cassandra last year in Vancouver, and we were in charge of a social committee for the Hall of Residence slash college where we were staying. And we organised, like, a bunch of, like, parties, and we emceed the formal galas. And we had this plan that we very, very nearly did at one of the formal galas at Christmas. So usually at this thing, you know, we say hello to the benefactors, hello to the organisers of the college, thank you for the food, thank you for blah, 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 blah. And then we do a nice speech about how nice it is to live in Green College, and we have a script we have to kind of stick to. But we were thinking it would be really fun if Cassandra came up on her own partway through the meal, dressed as Cindy Lou Who, and then just started singing, Where are you, Christmas? And then I would burst in the back of the hall, hundreds of people on the tables eating their Christmas meals, and I would be dressed as the Grinch, and I would be stomping around on the tables, and like, ho ho ho, I'm going to steal your food, and then take everyone's plates and dump them into a big bag. And then at the end, give them all back their food. But then we thought about it, and we thought, no. <laughs> that that would be a bad idea, and that we shouldn't do it. And I'm just going to take this opportunity to say, I'm sorry, Cassandra, because I could have dressed as the Grinch for Halloween, but I didn't. I'm really sorry. We were going to have a Cindy Lou and the Grinch couples costume, and it didn't happen because I'd already promised Shannon here <laughs> that I would dress as a, pr- as a printer. <laughs> for another slightly worse inside joke. <laughs> Cassandra, if we ever share another Halloween together, I will be, I will be your Grinch, oh baby. I will steal your Christmas, babe. You'll be Cindy Lou forever. I will take your gifts away. So I'll stop this segment now, but sorry, Cassandra, but I did enjoy being a printer. (laughs) I don't know how to follow that up. The Grinch is a fun character. The Grinch is a fun character. Grinch is a lot more fun than the cat. He seems weirdly less deeply evil because he's more overtly evil. 
He's more upfront about who he is. Yeah, but I don't I don't get the sense that he's committing deep, deep evils like the cat is. <laughs> Let's just remind the, the, the listeners, the cat threatens to kill people seven times. Yeah. I don't think the Grinch would kill, but he is a public menace. Yeah. And he's naked all the time. Yeah. But so is the cat. But he has a hat. Yeah, the Grinch and the cat both very much know what clothes are. Like, the Grinch wears lederhosen to the party, and yet also goes unclothed most of the time. And he's wearing, like, a little school uniform in the backstory scene. Yeah. Which makes it all the more just, like, deeply upsetting. In terms of the way the Grinch looks, the things that really bothers me are his hands. Because they've put, like, these big gloves on Jim Carrey that make, like, he has these sort of long, long tapered fingers, and you can really tell where the actual hand part ends, and they're just like weird, fuzzy extensions, and I hate it. (laughs) It's just upsetting to watch, because like he can't grab anything with the end bits of his fingers, so when he's picking stuff up, those like long bits are just hanging there, as he's like holding in the middle part of his hand an apple or whatever, a bit of broken glass, and then shoving it into his face because he doesn't have the manipulation of his entire (laughs) hand. And I just, I know that that's, he's got very long fingers in the illustrations in the book, but it's upsetting. Yeah. They could have added, like, finger extenders. Mm-hmm. Or, like, CGI. Well, I guess that would have been hard. It's all costumed. Yeah, what I didn't like is how pink his mouth is and how pink his eyes are. Uh, it's like they don't make his... They don't make things green that I think should be green. Mm-hmm. Like his lips. The inside of his lips, mm-hmm. for example. And I don't like that. Yeah. And I don't like how he has termites in his teeth. Oh, I hated that. It's a close-up of, like, little termites wiggling around in his crooked teeth. Yeah. And it's like, if he's going to kiss Martha May, he needs some mystery. Yeah. And didn't I say I would kiss the Grinch? You if he was if he had Listerine before You did say that and I'm still deeply curious as to why you've taken that stance unprompted. I it wasn't unprompted, was it? Yes it was. You did like ten minutes into the movie, just out of nowhere, you were like I mean if he had some Listerine I'd kiss the Grinch. Yeah. Well, I didn't say I wasn't like if you had to pick the protagonist of one of our movies, which would it be? No. Ah. Uh, no, I mean, okay, if I, yeah. He just need. all I'm saying is he'd need to wash his mouth before I kissed him. I just, but no one asked. I don't want to kiss a Grinch. Are you sure? Yeah! <laughs> Get off my back, it's Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> he has a fun personality, he's funny. <laughs> I have a note in my notebook that you're not going to like, because it's very derivative, and I know that we've been, like, making jokes about us doing this. I've likened the Grinch... <laughs> To Pennywise, a clown from It. We have another character in our extended It 2 universe, and it's the Grinch. Just a recap. <laughs> this is going to make no sense if you listen to none of the other episodes. But in the Cat in the Hat episode, we were talking about the fact that the cat is very, very similar to Pennywise from It. They're both very powerful, very evil, non-human creatures. And they have one good sibling, and that good sibling is... Mary Poppins, equally mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. Uh, also not human, I don't think. No, she can't be. No. And and I'm sorry, but the Grin- the Grinch is the Grinch is a third brother. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, he's one of them. 
not as powerful, but he has that sort of like weird, unsettling charisma. Yeah. That the others do. Too. Yeah, exactly. Including Mary Poppins. She mm-hmm. doesn't get off scot free. She's kind of spooky. Yeah, she's absolutely very spooky. Uh, and I think we both knew this was coming as soon as we started watching this movie. Yeah. The way he moves. Yeah. The way he just gives the camera eye really contact. weird eye contact. Yeah. But I think The Grinch is quite relatable, actually, to us millennials. In general? Well, y- you were saying. I found I found the party thing incredibly relatable. Yeah. I found the bitterness toward consumerism quite relatable. Relatable. I like how he just, like, what the stuff he does when he's pissing around at home. Mm-hmm. Talking to his dog. Yeah. And talking about self-loathing and that kind of thing. Yeah. When he goes into the town, he wears, like, a big cloak and a scary mask that reminds me of the V for Vendetta masks. <laughs> he's and carrying he just... a sword as though he's going to kill someone, but he's just going to... He just gonna, he's gonna cut down the Christmas tree is what he's yeah. trying to do with yeah. it. But he just stirs shit up in the town. Yeah. Like he goes and changes all of the the Christmas cards that are being sent. He like moves them to different mailboxes. And that's exactly what I found. Really, who doesn't want to do that at Christmas time? Mm-hmm. Who doesn't see a row of mailboxes and want to just move stuff in them? It's like those big paella pans that we saw today at the Christmas market. Mm-hmm. The handles are pointing outward, and Shannon says that's not good. These are very big very like obvious handles and a child would want to tip this over and I was thinking and also me <laughs> I, yeah. I wasn't going to do it until you mentioned it no. don't worry I didn't do it Yeah, I wouldn't, I'm good so that's how the Grinch factors into the It extended universe Yes, It, the cat, Mary Poppins and now the Grinch all crash landed in the same spaceship in Derry yeah. yes. and It is keeping Derry safe from the other three yeah <laughs> and exacting his toll of eating several children every 30 years. I've got a question for you, Shannon. Yeah. Did you find the movie charming? Uh, I don't know. Define charming. Charmful. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, like it, it, okay. Does it fill your cold, shriveled heart <laughs> with Christmas cheer? Uh, I don't know that my heart didn't grow any sizes, but I, I think it adequately filled the heart size that I have. Um, yeah, there were definitely bits of it where I was like, oh my god, this is an early 2000s movie. Yeah. Um, Yes, that is a vibe it has. Yeah, definitely. It's something that we're definitely identifying in, and we we identified it too in Spy Kids, at least I did. Yeah. It wound me up in the way that, like, movies of that era wound me up. Yeah. Yeah, it is a particular way that those sort of movies are. Um, But I do think, in general, this movie's heart was in the right place. Yeah. Like it was genuinely trying to be a Christmas film, attempting to say something to children. Yes. And then things went so wrong for the studio in time for Cat in the Hat. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. It's a shame, because if it was a similar vibe, maybe Jim Carrey as the cat, it could have been, like, charming. And you could have had the cat be, like, a little bit evil-seeming, but have that be counterbalanced by... Funny jokes, good characterization, good physical humor. Yeah. Jim Carrey, as we all know, is like a powerhouse for physical comedy. Yeah. He's great. The finger thing aside, the way he stomps around and he's got a lot of physical scenes and it's like pulling the sleigh around, creeping mm. around. He's ve- Yeah, he's very good and he, I mean, he gets a lot of flack, but I think the things that he's not good in are the things he's miscast in. Yeah. Like the things that, the thing that he does, he does well. It's just not always right for the movies he's put in. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
He's, I think he's on top form in The Grinch. Yeah, I think this was a perfect cast for him. And I, you mentioned, like, if he had played the cat, that might have been a very different movie. Who would you get to play The Grinch nowadays? Probably Jim Carrey, because yeah, he's still kicking around. He's but still if, doing stuff. He's, if, like, the one you go to. Yeah, I don't know if I could pick anyone else to do that. There was a recent Grinch movie, wasn't there? Yeah, that was an, yes, it's an animated one with Benedict Cumberbatch. That's a choice. I didn't realize that was who was voicing the Grinch. Yeah. Doing an American accent. That's very weird. Yeah, that would have, would not have been my first choice. I had decent reviews for uh, for it. The cast is pretty good overall in this movie. Mm. Weird, weird choice. But it, if I was making the Grinch now, I might go for like Kristen Wiig as the Grinch. Ooh, <laughs> Shannon, I love that. Oh my god. I think she'd be really good. She'd be so good. Yeah. She's got very good physical comedy as That's well. That's a genius move. You're a genius. I'm a genius, and you, I think I should be given the money to make that film. You're the official uh, flat cheermeister for the day. <laughs> Each day one of us is the cheermeister, and today it's Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it every day until Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and now I've got to feed Shannon some fudge. <laughs> And she's gonna hate it. Yeah, I'm inviting all of the town. Break for fudge. Break to be fed fudge by the whole of Edinburgh. Don't flip out again and burn the tree, <laughs> and crash your toy car into my business. It's all I know. Oh, you monster, Shannon. Who's your favorite character in, in the Grinch? No, of all time in the whole of fiction. In the whole. Of in fiction. the whole of fiction, and then we can choose the Grinch. <laughs> Go on. I don't have an answer Go on. To that it's Christmas time. This is an emergency episode. Tell me. I'm sorry, I have no answer. <laughs> My whole head has gone blank. You studied fiction. You know all the characters. I know all you of them. You had to remember that big old list of all the characters from all the fiction. <laughs> yeah, when you, you get your even... English degree, they ask you. And it's not even Pennywise, is it then? No, it's not Pennywise. Pennywise. I'm wow. sorry. Okay, okay, okay. Well, how about we make the question a little easier? Who's your favourite character in The Grinch? The Grinch is my favorite character in The Grinch. <laughs> Who's your favorite character? The, the Grinch, but I also... Mm, I like Max the dog. Oh, actually. Max is so good. Max is the little sidekick. He's a real dog, not a talking dog. And he's long-suffering. And, yeah, he's the Figaro to the Grinch's Geppetto. Mm-hmm. He's... He's so cute. He's a good boy. He is. Max and is a good boy. terrible things happen to Max when his butt gets kissed by the mayor. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's true and loyal. And how did Max get up the mountain? How did the Grinch come into... Was he thrown away and the Grinch adopted him? Maybe. That would be sad. Yeah. Or did he just steal the dog when he was like going into town one day? Just took someone's dog. Yeah. Maybe Max has a tragic backstory as well. Maybe we should write some Max fan fiction mm-hmm. to fill that gap. Yeah. I, I mean, I won't. Who has the time? Who has the time in this economy, in this mm. consumeristic, capitalistic, Boris Johnsonistic world? Yeah. God damn. Who is the villain of the Grinch, Elise? Boris Johnson. <laughs> yeah, capitalism. It's the capitalism is the villain for but, sure. I mean, the mayor. But like capitalism, mm-hmm. and isn't capitalism always the villain? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think capitalism is very much the villain. The mayor doesn't really function as a villain too well at all. No, because he's only really there for the whole love interest mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. And he does kind of have a go at Cindy Lou a bit. Mm-hmm. But Cindy, Cindy Lou is never really, like, 
bothered by that. She never changes her mind. She's, like, yelled at by the mayor. But then the next we see her is when she's woken up in her house and the Grinch is there trying to steal the tree and he pretends to be Father Christmas and is talking to Cindy Lou and she's like, okay, thanks, Santa. So she's really not, like, she doesn't have, like, a negative point, like, a down point. Yeah, the mayor has no effect on her It's a bit like when Trump has a go at Greta Thunberg and Greta Thunberg is like... Okay, I'll yeah. just continue my day then. Yeah, it's a bit like that meme. Yeah, the, the, the screaming lady, and then the cat's like, eh. yeah, yeah. That that's pretty much how every scene. And he yells at her two or three times in yeah. the movie. Yeah, Kristen Wiig is a Grinch. Greta Thunberg is <laughs> Just listen. I'm an auteur. Yeah. Only a true cheermeister could cast this way. Yeah. Wonderful. Max is great. He is my favourite... He is my favourite animal sidekick of Cursed or Blur so far. We've had some good ones. We have had some good ones. I'd agree with you that Max is my favourite. You are pitching him against Bartok the Bat from Anastasia. Yeah. He's undeniably an animal sidekick. Oh, he's the animal sidekick to the bad guy. But the Grinch is also kind of a bad guy. Yeah... That's true, but Bartok speaks and Max doesn't, so Max is more along the lines of, like, Figaro from Pinocchio. Yeah. Whereas Bartok's more of a sidekick. He is an animal, but he has dialogue. Yes. He's a slightly different role. Right. He's more mm, conscious of what's going on, yeah. I suppose. Although Max knows what's up, but yeah, maybe not fully. I don't know if Max is ideologically on board with the Grinch. <laughs> I don't think he is, because he barks at the Grinch a few times and gets him to do things. Mm, He's mm. the one who gets the Grinch to save Cindy from the wrapping machine. Yes. At the beginning, Max won't let the Grinch leave until he fishes Cindy out of the pile of boxes that he's pushed her into. Yes, that's true. Max is a good boy. Max is such a good boy. And when he has the little antler on and his little red nose, Aww. it's the cutest thing. It's cute. Shannon, is this movie cursed or blurst? I think it's blurst. I don't think it's fully cursed because I think it was. We had a lot of we had a lot of fun watching it. Yes, and it felt like something that I would allow a child to watch. <laughs> yeah, I feel like unlike the Cat in the Hat, this is not like horrifying. Yeah. So yeah, I would say it's blurst too, and I have to say I'm very confident in saying that after having watched. Not to talk about Spy Kids again, but, like, I remember hating Spy Kids when I watched it. As a child in a cinema, I didn't like the thumbs. I didn't like the what I perceived to be emotional manipulation of the script. I just didn't like it at all. Um, and I thought I was going to hate it and that Shannon and I could have, like, a funny back and forth where one of us would say blessed and the other cursed. And even though we still, you still quite like it and I still quite dislike it, We've mellowed on our mutual opinions such that I don't think I can call it cursed or blurst. It's it's worse than that. It's kind of like, eh. At one point I turned to you and I was like, I'd rather be watching Cat in the Hat. And you're like, what? But, I stand by it. Yeah, by the end of the movie I sort of get it. Because as soon as we got to the part where we were about to record, I was like, oh, I'd rather we watched Cat in the Hat. Because I just had nothing to say about Spy Kids. Yeah. Other than, I think it's fine and I would let kids watch it. Mm-hmm. It's fun and relatively wholesome. Yeah. There's just nothing to say. And when suddenly you have to talk about a movie, you kind of want it to be bad. Yeah. Or like... Or really good, like Anastasia. Yeah. Um, yes. You, 
Yeah, I was expecting to want to vehemently dis- defend Spy Kids, but when you were like, ah, oh, I was kind of bored, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was fun because we'd been drinking alcohol all the way through watching Spy Kids, and then we continued to drink more while we were watching The Grinch. And we were merry. We were very merry. Very merry. I feel very merry now. I do too. Not with alcohol, just with festive times. Yeah. And I think The Grinch was a good choice for a Christmas movie, because it isn't fully blessed by any means. Yes. There's a lot of very weird and upsetting things in it. Yes. Some more than others. Character building, the kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I do think it is, it's coming from a genuine place of wanting to entertain children, which yes. is the main difference between it and Cat in the Hat. It's main, like, I think the, the main thing to compare it to, because they're both Dr. Seuss adaptations from a similar era. Yeah. And this probably means that we're not going to touch Dr. Zeus again in Castle Blast because we watched the two that were made before Dr. Zeus's wife banned it. Yeah. Um, although there's the Lorax, but that's I wasn't a and, child when um, they watched that. Horton Hears a Who. Yeah, but yeah, they those came out when we were adults. Yeah. And they're a different vibe, I think. They're more like virtuous mm-hmm. renditions. Annoying in their own way, I'm sure. Oh. Well, definitely. I don't like... I'm going to say it. I don't like the Lorax. Me neither. D- don't get me wrong. Love trees. I love them so much, I study them. Mm-hmm. And their counterparts. The counterparts being shrubs. <laughs> um, I just find it uh, a bad film. An annoying film. But yeah, this is this is a nice... And tell you what, this is... I've been watching a lot of Netflix Christmas movies recently because I enjoy them because I have bad taste. And it's nice to watch The Grinch because actual care and money and acting has gone into The Grinch. Mm-hmm. Hasn't necessarily with The Christmas Prince 3, although I would recommend that wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah, I think The Grinch is not in so bad it's good territory. Mm-hmm. I think it's genuinely good in a lot of ways. Yes. The set design, too, and the costuming. We didn't even talk yeah. about that. Those are great. So, except for the weird finger thing. Yes. Which I still hate, and I can't say that enough. <laughs> He sews the tips of his fingers into the Santa Claus suit initially. It's just upsetting. Yeah. Don't we all? I'm always sewing my fingers into stuff. Little old butter fingers, me. With my elongated fur fingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Grinch is a blast movie, which is good because the next movie I'm going to see with my own two eyes is likely to be the new Cats movie. 2019 Cats movie, the musical, which... Shannon's not going to watch because she's an absolute square. I'm going to see Star Wars. So square that you're basically a cube. I went there. (laughs) But it's had amazing reviews so far. I'm going to see a Star Wars because I don't want to have anything to do with cats, which I think is fully cursed. Well, this this could be a conversation that we have on air in 2020. Yeah. This, this could be a preview of some later discourse. This discourse that's been bubbling up. Yeah. A foreshadowing. Is it foreshadowing if we say it is? I don't think so. Oh, I've ruined it now. Yeah. 2020, what will it bring us? Good times, bad times, in, in which order and Best to what times, magnitude? The blurst of times. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully no more Dr. Seuss adaptations. Um, maybe some more early 2000s films. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's a cursed era. Yeah. So, uh, we're likely to take a little bit of a break, maybe a couple weeks before we get back, um, because I'm going home and Shannon is going to... Prague. Yes, Prague. Going to Prague. Uh, yeah, so we won't be recording... 
for until early January. But we will be back with another Instagram poll, which we will honour this time. <laughs> and it's not like we didn't watch Spy Kids. We did, we just wish we hadn't. Yeah. But I think next time we should go back in time a little bit. We started off with Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. That was proper olden days. Yeah. Um, way back in days of yours. So I think I wouldn't mind revisiting that era yeah. uh, as we look forward into the new year. And also back in time, because we're Janice-faced. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'd be nice to get out of the early 2000s for now. I don't need any more Smash Mouth soundtracks in my life for some time. In the meantime, if you're missing some Cursed or Blast, you can always find us on the internet and wherever you get your podcasts. Primarily Spotify, but also iTunes, Google Play, Podbean. Not SoundCloud anymore because you've got to pay them money. And we hate capitalism. Yep. <laughs> the big wrench taught us. Um, or just Google Cast or Blurst Podcast and we all come up and give us a listen. Uh, we're on Instagram Cast or Blurst where we sometimes listen to your advice and we sometimes don't. We post a lot of memes. Um, you post a lot of memes. I'm not involved in the meme making process, but. I will train you, young Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) The meme force. That's how Star Wars works. It's the exact plot of Star Wars. It's like you've already seen it. Well, Happy New Year, listeners. Good Merry Christmas. (laughs) Good Merry Christmas. (laughs) 